Are you looking for freedom? Freedom from the daily grind and hustle? Or just finding a way to live the life you always wanted? Then join us on the Investing for Freedom podcast. Our host, Mike Ayala, will help you discover new ways to find freedom with tips, insights, and interviews. You'll learn the exact systems he's used to travel the world and live his best life. True success and happiness are all about freedom. And here's your roadmap on how to find freedom on your own terms. Welcome to the Investing for Freedom podcast. Here's your host, Mike Ayala. Thank you for joining me on the Investing for Freedom podcast. Today, we've got an amazing show, and I'm super excited to dig into this. Uh, Our guest today, I think we have some, uh, I guess we would be in some respects when it comes to business and all that, we would be a form of a kindred spirit because... You know, I, I come from an operating background and I, I think uh, the conversation today is just going to be amazing because anytime you have someone like Brian Beers in the room who runs a successful organization, they're scaling, um, they're looking at internal systems and processes. And then I'm super excited to get into one thing that we were talking about off camera. He has this uh, unique approach uh, to being more active around building your wealth. So we're just going to get into a lot of amazing things today. And I know every time I've had a chat with Mr. Brian Beers, it's been enlightening. So I'm, I'm excited to uh, get you on the show today, buddy. Yeah, thanks for having me, Mike. I'm, I'm happy to be here and, you know, we're gonna have an awesome conversation, so. Yeah, well, let's jump into the four questions that we ask every guest. So first off, who has had the greatest impact on your life? Well, um, I mean, recently I, I hired a business coach, uh, Trevor McGregor. I um, started with him in January of, of 2020 and, um, I mean, honestly, since then it's been, I'm sorry, January, 2021, so since this past year and ever since then, I mean, it's, it's been a huge, uh, you know, a investment kind of in myself and kind of a, a bet on my, on myself to, to improve. And, um, I mean, since then I've, I've launched a podcast, I've got a number of, of big initiatives that I think, you know, having a coach and someone there to help you kind of work through, you know, limiting beliefs and these, these ideas, that, uh, that we all have that, that kind of really hold us back. And I think to, to achieve great things in life and, and in your business to, to have that sounding board of this, someone else to say, Hey, there's another option. You know, sometimes we, we think that we only have two options and, you know, and that coach or that mentor or someone else kind of in your corner is to, to be there objectively to say, Hey, you know, you, you have more than just a and B there's also, you know, C, D and E and just open your eyes to the possibility and to turn kind of a, a positive, out of every situation, even though, you know, on the surface it may appear negative. So, you know, it was a, there was a huge investment kind of in, in myself um, and that I've, I've had some great results since then. So that's amazing. I love it. If you could narrow it down to one thing that has had the greatest impact on your success, what would that be? I would say setting goals. So first of all, we, my brother and I, who's my, my business partner, we, we, we have this thing called a deal tracker and in every single week we're, we're, for 15 minutes, 20 minutes, going through this deal tracker and, and updating it and then taking action on these things. So sometimes it might be a a property we're looking to buy, or maybe a new business we're looking to acquire or some deal. And I think that this weekly pulse of us going through this and and just taking action, sometimes it's simple as a, as a phone call or an email that, you know, you you just send it or you make the call and you get the ball rolling. And and sometimes like that's all it takes to get these deals done. We've had a couple recently where we, you know, it was a guy on a list. We were a business we were looking to acquire in the past. He told us he was multiple years out. We picked the phone and, and called him to see if he had any interest. And he said, yeah, actually things have changed. I'm interested in selling. And um, anyway, just, just taking action, just being like on top of your goals, I, I think is key for, for me and, and the success that we've created. 
Hmm. I, if I remember right, having a conversation with you and your brother, you're more the visionary and he's more like the integrator. Is that true? Yep. Yeah. I have the, the shiny object syndrome. Um, and he, he's like sticking it to the process. So, it, you know, we, we have this meeting, he's the one that brings it up, says, all right, we got to go through this every week. And I'm, you know, of course, uh, happy and happy to do it, but yeah, he, he keeps us on track. Yeah. When, when I, when you started talking about, you know, setting goals and the deal, cause I'm really good at setting goals, but you know, like following through in the deal tracker type scenario, I, I, I was wondering if, uh, if the brother was the one, what's your brother? Oh yeah. Again? Uh, Chris, Chris. Yeah. So, so Chris is the one that's like, Hey, Brian, we need to come down to earth here. And like, yep. Yep. Cool. Every single week. And, uh, yeah, I think, you know, the, the, the visionary, um, combo with the, um, the integrators, they're key, you know, you got to have the, the, the two different personalities, you know, for, for those who don't know, it's talking about traction and EOS and, you know, the system of, of the, the two different people in the company that, that kind of lead the vision, which is me. And then the, then him, which is the integrator, which really actually gets the work done and helps make sure everyone does the right thing. And usually it's two different types of personalities. Um, yeah. one maybe more introvert, one more extroverted, um, that there are some traits that I think are, are common among at least visionaries and common among integrators. How, so there, there's an interesting dynamic when it comes to, you know, visionaries and integrators anyway, but how is that working as brothers? Uh, or uh, did you guys just realize it early on and it's just been great because you aligned or, or how, do, how does, how does that work out? Yeah, it works, it works out good. You know, it's, it's evolved over time. You know, I, I was in the business first and so I, you know, I, I kind of had both roles mm. and then, you know, as we grew and we, you know, we had at that time, I don't know, six or seven locations and, and we were automotive um, repair franchises, you know, that we grew to, to 12, 13, you know, he had joined as, as more responsibilities came then we started splitting things up, you know, and I was normally the, the person who had the relationships, you know, with the other owners and with more corporate. So I kind of naturally went towards that kind of visionary relationship, you know, big picture. And then, you know, he was, he was naturally more into, you know, the numbers and the systems and the process. And so a lot of it for, for me and him are just both our personalities kind of fit those roles. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, but if, but if I had, you know, if, if both of us were like me or both of us were like him mm -hmm. and we were kind of fighting for the, the roles or what we both like to do the same thing, I, I, we would have an issue with that. But fortunately for us, we're, we, we fit the definition, I think a little bit more clearer than, um, otherwise. That's cool. Yeah. I, um, coached with Russ Gray from the real estate guys for a few years. And he always said that if two partners have the same strength, one of them's not needed. And I didn't really have my head around traction and EOS and all of the language at that point in time, but it was essentially like what you just said. Um, and when you have that visionary integrator combo, like you guys do, that's, that's super cool. And to be able to do that, like with your brother, even better, that's cool. What was your greatest setback and what did you learn from it? Well, um, let me think for, for that, I would say, you know, we, we had another business venture a number of years ago that we, we got into and it, you know, it, sometimes things look great on paper and then, you know, we, you know, being the visionary too, I have this, like everything's going to work out kind of mentality, you know, and at the end of the day, we, we lost a good amount of money. I think we, we ended up selling it for a dollar just because we wanted to get it off the, we wanted to get the liabilities kind of off our plate. And so, you know, for us, it was a learning experience and, a, and I think a number of ways. Number one is I think, you know, the grass isn't always greener. You know, we've, we've got these, you know, once again, it's, and for me as the, the visionary, we, things look good on paper and it's not always the case. And I think really taking a step back and not always looking at the positives, but Hey, what, what could go wrong and really making sure we, we get our 
kind of success criteria down, mm-hmm. you know, in this business, it was, it was, it was a, it was moving products. So it was kind of a lower margin than what we were used to. The overhead was higher. We had delivery. And so you have all these expenses with drivers. And at the end of the day, it, I, I think we learned like, it's not the type of business model we want to go in the future. We don't want a, a product-based business. We don't want a heavy inventory. We don't want high overhead. And we want, once again, the opposites of all those things, no inventory, high, higher margin, right? Things that, you know, our, our overheads a lot less. And so it was a learning experience from, Hey, you know, over the next you know number of years that we're going to continue to grow, what type of business we don't want to be involved in. And uh, I, I think pausing a little bit before we maybe jump into the next thing to, to really make sure it kind of fits with our long-term vision and not just maybe a short-term um, success or whatever we're trying to solve at that point. I love it. It's good stuff. What is the piece of advice you find yourself sharing the most? piece of advice, I would say it would be to, um, I think to, to invest in yourself a lot. I think, you know, it's the best investment anybody can make is they, 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 you know, you read on a, on a constant basis, you surround yourselves with, with smart people, you join groups like GoBundance. I mean, for me joining GoBundance couple, you know, February, 2020. So it was right, right before COVID. It's probably the, one of the best decisions in my, my life just to, to get around a group of people who think differently and act differently. And, mm. you know, it's an investment to be part of it. It's an investment to, to, to learn and, and time and, and spend all that. But I think it's, um, you know, the, the rewards are infinite when you, when you believe in yourself and you believe you have the capabilities to do anything, as long as you have, you know, clear goals, you have good habits and you take action, you know, you, you can achieve anything you want. So I, I think that is, that is my, the biggest advice that I, I give people when I talk to them is not being afraid to, to make those investments both in time and money. You know, I'm curious of your opinion on this because I've, um, I've, I've been watching this and, you know, my, my wife and I have a couple's mastermind and there's, you know, there's certain couples that are just, you can tell from the minute you're on a phone call with them that, you know, they're like, Oh, this is a stretch, but we know we need to do it and we're going to make it happen. And then you have people that are just like so focused on the money aspect and you, anytime the money conversation, when somebody's leading with the money conversation, like I don't even spend a lot of time trying to convince them that it's a great investment because when it comes to, you know, self-development and a coach and that kind of stuff, it's really hard it's different than like you're analyzing, you know, a Midas chain or you're analyzing a real estate deal or whatever. It's pretty clear, not that there's not variables involved in that, but it's pretty clear what the investment's going to look like. And as long as everything goes to plan, this is what the outcome should be. But I think what's challenging with, um, you know, self-help, a coach, all of that is at the end of the day, only you can decide. doesn't matter how good that coach is or isn't doesn't matter how great that program is only you putting in the work and believing in yourself. You had mentioned about, you know, Trevor and, and eliminating and dealing with those limiting beliefs and all. And I, by the way, I agree with you hundred percent. The best investments I've ever made are in myself, in learning, in coaches. I always have, in fact, one of my mentors talks about a major and a minor. So at minimum, I always have a major mastermind, mm-hmm. um, or something that I'm in and then a secondary minor. Um, so I'm curious of your thoughts around that. Like how did, I don't know if you, you know, maybe some people just don't ever struggle with it, but I didn't really struggle with investing in myself because I mean, if you're not going to bet on yourself, who are you going to bet on? But how have you seen people overcome that or, or have you? Yeah. I don't know if I've seen too many people overcome it. I mean, I could speak to some of my own experience. I know when I, when I signed up with Trevor, you know, the last line of our first conversation was, you know, you know, it's going to cost X amount. Right. And he, and he says, you know, you, you, 
invested spending this with me is, is not going to change my life one bit. However, it might change yours. Mm. And so, I mean, that stuck with me and I thought, man, that hey, it was a good closing line from a sales perspective. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but then I thought about it too. And you know, like for me, that amount of money, if I spent that, like it wasn't life changing for me if it didn't work out, but you know, if it changed my life to the better, like it was a pretty good bet on my side too. Mm. So I think, I mean, I think that's a, that's a good way to think about it especially for, for his perspective, right. One way or another, he, I come as a client or not, like it doesn't not good matter to him, but for me, it, it could be a life changing event, which so far, you know, it, it has been in terms of, you know, we've done some big deals since then. I've, you know, like I said, I've got me out of my comfort zone to launch a podcast and just really start to think about it. So for, for me, it has been life changing and that money I, you know, was, was well spent, invested, whatever you want to say. Um, and some of the other coaches I've done, I've now I've, I've taken that same approach. You know, I, I hired a, um, company called brand builders, uh, Rory Vaden's company to, uh, is a personal brand coach. So he teaches people how to really create this personal brand. So for my podcast, you know, that's one of my goals. And so I'm, I'm currently in this process. I'm like two months into it with, with coaching and e-courses and, and, uh, I've, I, I guess that's the, the line in my head I'm thinking is, is, is this amount of money that I'm going to put to spend, going to change my life one way or another, or, or could it significantly impact it? And I think, um, I mean, for me, that that's what I look at. So, you know, my dad said something years ago. Um, I used to work in the field with him. I was a plumber by trade, and my dad would say that if man invented a piece of equipment or a machine or whatever, he could fix it. That was like his mentality of going into it, and it always mm-hmm. stuck with me because I look at it the same when it comes to business or coaching or building a brand or anything else I want to do. Um, it's not like obviously we all have to deal with limiting beliefs, and I think sometimes people look at guys like you you know, even some of my audience might be thinking, oh, well, yeah, that's easy for Brian Beers. You know, he went to like this college and he's been running this, you know, successful, massive business chain. And, you know, he, he has something that I don't, but the thing that I've realized is that, you know what, if Brian can do it or if Mike can do it and I want to do it and I just follow a certain path, like you were just talking about Rory Vaden. Um, I was actually in a mastermind last year and Rory came and spoke. Um, Mm. and it's, it's those kind of places where, the difference between you and somebody who's not going to get it done was that investment that you made in Rory. You said to yourself, Hey, this is, and I'd love your perspective on this. This is what I want to do. Who's out there doing it. Who's done it well and is teaching that. And that's where really it make it. I get comfortable in investing like processes like Rory's because Mm -hmm. you've already seen the success track record. And so to me that, you know, just even back to what my dad said, if Rory can build it and figure it out, yeah, and I know me? what I, yeah, why not me? Right. And so I think that's the real decision point in investing in something like you did in Rory or, or whatever else it is. What, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think that that's a, that's a great point. And I, I think that's one of my like, you know, lines for the year. I have two of them. One's keep it simple. Cause I overcomplicate things. And then two is, you know, the, 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 why not me, if someone else has done it and they laid this path before, you know, why not me? So then that begs the question. And the thing that I'm actually pretty good at is, is finding out who those people are and then reaching out to them. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you get a common connection through somebody, you ask for an introduction and you know, that a, a lot of people are willing to have, you know, a half hour, 45 minute conversation with somebody and answer as many questions as you know, they want, as long as people like you and you're, you're personable and you know, you have good intentions, uh, p- people are willing to share. I mean, I'm willing to share almost anything with, with anybody. If, you know, I, I believe it's all in good intention. And so I think that would be, that'd be a, a, I guess a piece of advice I, I'd give. Um, and in terms of starting from, 
from nothing. I, I had interviewed this guy a couple, couple weeks ago who, you know, grew up in a, a mobile home park and he had, had, um, you know, s- some hardships as a, as a kid. And then he became, um, an electrician through, through, um, you know, tr- kind of trade school. And then he started just his own business, him and had a partner in a truck. And, you know, now he's, he's got like, uh, like 75, hundred employees is doing like tens of millions of dollars in sales. And it was a hundred percent just built from hard work every single day. And, um, yeah, he, he had a, he had a great success story. I'm, I'm looking forward to launching this episode in a couple of weeks, but, um, you know, people and for him, it was all like hard work every single day and setting goals and, and holding people accountable. And he still gets out there and, and, you know, turns the wrench with the guys, you know, kind of thing. And, um, any, anything's possible. You know, I, I think that's the big thing to, to, to keep in mind. You know, I love when you say anything's possible. I had a call last week that I actually, um, I, I got this connected through GoBundance. I don't, were you, were you at the uh, summer event? I was not, no. Okay. There was a speaker there. His name's Morgan Housel. He wrote the psychology of money. Mm. Have you read that? No, I've heard, I've heard it's good though. It's a great, the, it's a great book. Um, yeah. You know, there, there's a lot in there that, um, really challenged my thinking because, uh, you know, I, I would say that there's, there's, I'm kind of like extreme. I'm a risk taker. And then you got the other end of the spectrum, which is like Dave Ramsey and then psychology of money. Mm-hmm. There's like a mix in there, but it really challenged a lot of my thinking. But anyway, I was on a call with Morgan Housel last week and he made this statement. He said, um, things that have never happened before happen every day. And when you were talking about like expecting the impossible and, um, you know, even just thinking about the statement that you made a few minutes ago, which um, it's funny talking to guys like you because you make this statement and it's just part of your DNA and you wax over yeah, it. Yeah. Um, but you're not scared to reach out to successful people. Um, you know, you run a successful company. You're probably told no all the time. You're used to, you know, as you mentioned with your brother on the deal tracker, making calls and business owners mm-hmm. telling you no and real estate, you know, people telling you no, I'm not ready to sell. But I think there's a lot of people out there that are scared to hear no. And so even you know, you made this statement about no, so many people are willing to help. And I'll never forget my first boss. Well, he wasn't my first boss. Um, he was my um, boss before I started my first company. He would always say in meetings, like we owe it to the next generation to teach them, to mentor them. And what he was always positioning, he was trying to get us, you know, as, as we were moving through the process and journeyman, he was always trying to get us to teach in the mm. apprenticeship program, because if we didn't donate our time after hours, then the apprentices wouldn't come up. So that was really his always, always his frame of thinking, but he truly believed that, that we owed it to the next generation to teach them. And so that statement that you made, you know, people are generally willing. Um, most people that you reach out to, it might take a couple times and you might have to get strategic around how you connect with them, but most people are very willing to share information with you and mentor you to a certain degree, even unpaid. And so I love that you said that because I think most people are scared. Well, why would that person ever reach back out to me? Why would they talk to me? How many times, I can't tell you how many times that somebody in my DMs or, you know, on the text community platform or whatever, they'll say to me, I didn't think you were actually going to respond. And it's such an interesting thing because from their perspective, they think that we're so busy or we think we're better or whatever. And the reality is, I love talking to everybody just the same, right? I can learn from every conversation. Yep. I know one of the things I, I learned from, from Trevor and he these three things about fear. One of them was, you know, if, if I try, I will fail, right? Like you have this, if, if I call them, they, they won't pick up, right? Or, or they'll tell me no, or they don't want to talk to me. There's another one that is, you know, 
someone may criticize me or not like my idea, right? They, they like, they're going to pick up the phone and call me and I'm going to tell them they're an idiot for asking these questions, mm. right? That I, I guess is a potential scenario. And, and there's another one that like, you're not, you're not worthy, right? Like I'm not worthy of success. I'm not worthy of this, you know? And, but, but the idea is that for, for every, there's like this polar, polar effect, right? For, for every event, there's this polar opposite condition that exists. So, so the other says, if I try, I could fail. Is if I try, I could be extremely successful, hmm. right? If I, if I call this person, not only will they, they answer, but they're going to love to talk to me. And instead of criticizing me, you know, they may want to like hire me or bring me on as a partner or, mm. you know, like I may have some ideas and wisdom that I can share with them in that, you know, the final like opposite is, is, you know, abundance is a birthright. Like we, we, every single person has the right to have as much or as little, you know, as, as they want. And so I think it comes all about perspective. And I guess this is in terms of investing and learning in yourself. It's, it's this concept that, that fear by default is, you know, everyone has this, this negative t- connotation, but if you, if you take the opposite, the polar opposite, and once again, being a visionary helps because I always see the positive in things, yeah. <laughs> but you know, like they're going to pick, they're going to pick up the phone. They're going to, you know, want to share with me. Like I, I just assume someone is going to want to share information with me. So, you know, even now we're looking into, we're working on building this private lending uh, business. And so I am, you know, anybody who is in the business and willing to talk to me, I am reaching out to, I had two calls today alone, just, just asking questions as, as much as they're willing to tell me. And if they tell me they can't answer a question, that's fine. I move on to the next one. You know, I'm not, yeah. I'm not afraid of them telling no. And if anything, it just shows that, you know, you're educated and you're intelligent and, you know, people like talking to people mm-hmm. who have similar interests and in industries and, um, you know, I think just, just putting yourself out there and, you know, you build a muscle, you know, and yeah. I think that's all, it's all part of it. Yeah. And I love, you know, just even the way that you, it's funny. Cause you know, you said, um, being a visionary, I mean, I think we're a little bit more prone to, uh, I'm the eternal optimist. And when I actually applied to my first mastermind, which was the real estate guys, there was all these, you know, the questions were all led toward, um, you know, all the reasons why you should be in the mastermind. But then there was one question in there that said, you know, you? yeah, why shouldn't you be? And, and, uh, you know, what are some of your, you know, your weak points? And, and for me, it was like, I'm the eternal optimist. It's actually caused me challenges in the past because I'll go more the other way where I think, you know, there's this, um, there's a point where optimism <laughs> can't, can't fix a problem and you got to go figure it out. But ultimately I would take that over. I think it's just a preconditioning too. Cause even like you were saying, it's just what you're focusing on. So, you know, you're, it's not like, it's not like people don't say no to you or you haven't had challenges or whatever. We just don't focus on it. I've got challenges every single day, but I'm just always looking at, okay, how do I overcome these and how do I, you know, get past it? And I'm not expecting no, but when I get a no, I, I'm going to go on to the next one and, and, and keep looking until I get a yes. So I love the perspective and you can tell, you know, the woe is me, the Eeyore of the world when, you know, that, that person that's always just like, nothing good ever happens to me. I wish this, I wish that it's just the extreme opposite. Yep. I'm reading uh, the gap in the game mm-hmm. now by um, Ben Hardy, Dan Sullivan. Are, are you, have you yeah. read it or heard of it? Yeah, both. Uh, yeah. Yep. So, so it's, you know, for those who don't know, there's like these, you live in either one or the other and the gap would be what, what you just said, which is, you know, why does everything happen to me? Everything's a negative, you know, you're living towards this ideal and it's impossible to get there. You're living to, to try to get to the horizon. You can never get to the horizon. Right. Or, or the gain is you're all, you're always living in the positive, which is you're living and looking at the growth from 
or any starting point, you get to pick the starting point, whether it was five years ago, 90 days ago, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so you're, you're, so for me, you know, trying to look at, look at the gap or not live in the gap to say, Hey, this is the ideal and frustrated that I'm not there. Instead, try to live in the gain, which is, Hey, look at all the progress that we've made, you know, over, over the last year or last week and, and taking a more, mm-hmm. you know, positive, you know, approach than, um, than this negative approach, which we're, we're kind of forced into and he, in the book, they talk about, you know, social media helps like expedite the problem of living in the gap and comparing yourselves to this fake lifestyle that other people portray. And, so anyway, it's, it's a great book for, yeah. for, for those out there. I love it. And there's a version, I mean, even though I would consider myself, you know, positive, optimistic, I'm a visionary, I'm forward thinking, I'm future thinking. There's a version. So I coached with Dan Sullivan for a couple of years, my business partner and I did. Oh, awesome. Um, yeah. And he was just kind of uh, getting to the point where he was introducing gap in the gain and it wasn't flushed out like in the book. So it was kind of like hard to get your brain around completely. But the thing that I realized then, and even more so reading the book recently Um, while I don't spend a lot of time in the gap, one of the things that, um, I guess I suffer from a little bit and I'd, I'd love to hear if, if you deal with this, I've been accused of from my team and people around me of not celebrating enough because, Mm. um, you know, we'll have a victory. And even though I'm not stuck in the gap where I'm always looking at, you know, the, I don't really look at the progress we haven't made. Um, per se, but I've forgotten about it. (laughs) So it's not like I'm stuck in the gap, but I'm always just so forward thinking that a lot of times, um, you know, I can wear out a team because it's like, uh, and I have some employees and partners that have been with me for a long time and they've really challenged me to, you know, um, yes, we can move on, but also can we just stop and celebrate for a minute? (laughs) Yeah. I have the the same exact problem where we're, continuing to drive because we know we can do better and we know we have these record days and weeks and we, we know what's possible. And, you know, I, I, I have the same exact problem and, you know, we'll sometimes maybe, yeah, be a little too hard or critical on somebody because they had one bad week or one bad month, but then we look back and the year has been tremendous and, you know, they've grown like there's no turnover, right? Customer reviews are high, like they're hitting on all the points and maybe it's just a recent event that isn't, you know, up to the standard they had, they had been delivering. That is, that is something I think I need to also go back and reflect and, and, and just realize like, you know, and as we grow our business model changes and sometimes, you know, we, we have this ideal that like everything should be perfect and it fits in all these boxes and it, it doesn't, and we get frustrated. But in reality, when we look at where we were a, a while ago, now we've added all these stores and all this more transactions and just, it's getting more complicated to say, all right, well, they're doing a really good job handling it. Cause like we've doubled in size and we've only added one person. And so, um, yeah, I think, I think being re- sitting down and being reflective, I think that's part of, you know, the goal. And they talk about the, the gap in the game is being simple and writing down three wins for today and three wins for tomorrow. And just, you know, reflecting every, every 90 days on, on your progress and, and, and it changes your mindset and to be more, have more gratitude towards your successes than your people. Yeah. It's so good, man. I love it. Hey everyone. I wanted to take a minute and interrupt the show to let you know about something that we're getting ready to launch that I'm super excited about. For the first time ever, and probably the last time ever, we are launching a nine-week real estate accelerator program with me, with my advisors, in a small group of people, likely no more than 20. And this is gonna be a nine-week program where we show up together virtually, and we go through nine different modules around different types of real estate, why real estate, investing mindset, 
leverage versus all cash. We're going to talk about the benefits of taxes. We're going to talk about the benefits of partnering. Should you go it alone? Should you build a team? Should you build a partner? All the amazing things around real estate. I get so many people every single week asking me, Mike, where can I go get more information and knowledge around real estate investing that doesn't cost me 10000 40000 $100,000 as a lot of these masterminds do. And so we decided that we wanted to launch a very, very affordable online program through nine weeks of course interaction online. But what I told my team is, I don't want to stare at a camera and record a bunch of modules around knowledge and information. I want to do this live one time gather the information, gather the knowledge, have your energy in the room, have your real questions in the room, have your interaction in the room, and then we'll take that course and turn it into the online version, which anybody could have access to. So if you're interested in being in that course, being a part of that course with me, again, one time and one time only, text the word course to 480-531-7519. Well, we could go a million directions, but I would love to hear... Um, and I'm super intrigued by this. Um, you were talking about, you know, an active approach to wealth building, which mm -hmm. I think, again, that's what, what I was kind of talking about in the intro. Um, I, I think I've thought about this from the same, you know, perspective, but probably haven't dissected it the same way you have. So tell me a little bit about this whole philosophy and how it came about. Yeah, sure. So, you know, I've been, um, since joining abundance exposed to, you know, there's, there's many different ways, you know, you can, you can build wealth. And I think by default, you know, that, that the, the general media or, you know, whatever you want to say is, you know, they want everybody to follow a similar path, which is, you know, take your money out of your business or your, your job, wherever and you're putting into 401ks, you're putting it with a financial advisor, you know, a financial advisor is going to take a percentage. He's going to invest in a fund. That fund takes a percentage that fund could invest in other funds, which take a percentage, right. And you, you get eaten up in, in fees and then loss of control. Right. And everything's tied to, to, to the stock market, which, you know, these days it keeps going up and up and up. And you, you wonder at what point does it become kind of ridiculous? And so, you know, that through abundance, you learn like there's, there's other ways that at least for credit investors, you can control your funds into alternative investments. And so, you know, for, for entrepreneurs and people, you know, who have the skill sets to, you know, put a game plan together. They can manage a team. We can set goals and you know, we can, we can diversify. We can use leverage, right? We like when we, when we run our business, we, we, we have this framework that we apply to it. And so my concept is, all right, let's just take the same framework and apply it through a different lens. Mm. And so when I go through and I think, all right, I want to, I want to, take money out of our, our business and we want to then build this wealth portfolio. So what are we going to do? And for me, it's, I have like six steps that I'm looking at doing. Number one's a game plan. So it's like, what's the overall strategy, you know, in the, in our business, we have this vision of, you know, in, in three years or in five years or even 10 years, what we want our sales to be, what we want to profit, what we, what do we want the company structure to look like? What do I want my, my, my day-to-day -day responsibilities to be, you know, on our wealth, it's, it's a similar style, like maybe how much net worth do you want? How much money from passive investments do you want to have each month? What, uh, what is like your lifestyle look like? Are you going to be able to travel? Are you going to be able to spend time to make these investments in charities? Right. It's, it's like you design the lifestyle that you're looking to create similarly to we design our business mm. style. So that's number one is, is have a game plan, create this vision, and then you kind of back into it in terms of, all right, so that's where I want to be. Where am I at now? Then what do I got to do over the next year or over the next 90 days? What can I do today to start taking action that align with, with creating these things? So number one is game plan. Number two is, is cash flow. I think it's critical that in order to business, 
cash is king. It doesn't matter, you know, what your sales are, especially, I mean, if you're in a business that has AR, like you, you got to collect your money because you got payroll and expenses going out every week. And so similarly on your wealth side, I think cash is cash is key and um, re- really getting focused in on what that cash flow is. And that ultimate kind of freedom comes right when your, when your passive income exceeds your passive or not your past, but your living expenses, mm-hmm. right? And th- those living expenses could be at whatever level you desire. And so I, I think really lining up and, and knocking down that, that cash flow is, is key. Also using leverage, you know, in our business, we use leverage through, through seller financing to buy deals. We're, we're always looking to make, make safe, you know, safe investments, good debt, you'd say versus, you know, bad debt would be, you know, buying a car that you don't need or, or things that, that aren't going to produce cash flow. And so when on your wealth side, you can use, you can use leverage in a good way through, through real estate, through a home equity line of credit in your home, right? There's, as long as you're putting that into other investments that are going to cash flow greater than, you know, whatever that, that's going to cost you. Mm-hmm. Then number three is, is goals and tracking, you know, in our business, I mean, we have, tons of tons of goals, right? We've got daily goal, weekly, monthly KPIs. We look at growth versus last year. We're looking at these, these lead measures, these lag measures. And then when it comes to managing your wealth, it's it's the same thing. Do you have a net worth goal? Do you have, you know, what's your net worth goal in two or three years, a successful person through, through abundance. I heard his goal was to double his net worth every three years. So I thought, well, that's a good goal. I'll, I'll take that one. And so anyway, <laughs> that's, that's my goal now is to, to double it every three years. So you kind of have this target and then it's same thing for what's, well, then, then what's the allocations, right? When you, when you start to get into these alternative investments, you know, is it, is it lending? Is it syndications? Is it direct owner of real estate? Is it short-term multifamily? Is it crypto gold? Like it, part of my goals at least is, you know, having this diversified portfolio mm. and then through that setting these, these allocation targets and then working towards, you know, this like, like a champagne tower, right. As, as money kind of flows in making these decisions on where, where are you going to allocate it to meet these, these goals that you've got. And, and, and part of that is, is the diversification is, is learning about all these assets, partnering with really good sponsors, you know, and for, for me, it's, it's, you know, I'm, I want to be the LP in a lot of these right now. Mm. And it's, you know, I want to be in multifamily. I want to be in self-storage or do I want to be in a, a hotel? Do I want to be in mobile home parks? Right. Like once you get into the the LP side of it, I mean, the, the menu of, of choices is, is virtually unlimited. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I, I think that is, that is really key and really understanding these, these different asset classes and, and learning, you know, from guys like yourself and, and reading, about, about it all. So that's, that's key. And then like the team building, building a good team around you, whether it's the sponsor, whether it's your accountant, whether it's your attorney, your, your wife or your husband to, to have your back, you know, business partners. And I, I think a lot of times, you know, we've, we've gone through now a couple different accountants looking for somebody who really aligned with the goals that we were trying to achieve versus, you know, the, the guy we, we had before. I mean, all his clients were older, you know, we're younger <laughs> in most of his clients and his perspective was, was, was very conservative, you know, and ours is very like, like we want to grow, you know, while, while his, his was more of a conservation, mm-hmm. um, and dowdy. So I think sometimes you gotta, you gotta change your team up and you gotta find good people. And then once you do, you realize, you know, my accountant's making introductions, my attorney's making introductions to other people who can help support, uh, support me in, in all these decisions. So, and then finally, it's, it's just taking action, right? It's like about learning and then 
steps and putting all these things into place. And one day at a time, just, just learning, just like we do in our business, right? We take action every day if we really want to make a move. And I think when it comes to building your wealth by default, we're taught to, to put our money in the hands of somebody else mm. and that they know best versus us taking the time goes back to investing yourself, learn about these, these different ass, you know, asset classes and, and, um, make the decision, but then, you know, it's more pressure on you too, right? Mm-hmm. Cause you can't blame Joe Schmo over there. If your returns aren't good, you kind of, you got to take responsibility, but I mean, as entrepreneurs, that's, that's what we do every day. So yeah, it makes total sense. Okay. So I want to just recap this. So game plan, cash flow, mm-hmm. goals mm-hmm. and tracking, um, A diversification. Okay. Diversification. And then team and taking action. I love it that you've, and again, I so relate to that just on the wealth building front because, and I almost think that I don't want to get, put my tinfoil hat on, but when you look backwards and you look at, you know, over the last 150 years, like I almost think that this was almost a, I don't know if people are diabolical or smart enough to actually do this, but I almost feel like this was a process where we were taught to just, you know, go to school. Morgan Housel actually talked about this, the idea of retirement is a relatively new concept, you know, over the last 30 years and a 401k is obviously a, mm. a newer concept. And so I think over time, you know, even the, the thought of a pension, the thought of a pension was, you know, a, a newer program in the, you know, the forties and fifties, uh, because they needed, you know, more, more people to come to work for them as the, the workforce got more educated and everything else. And so all of this is kind of relatively new. And I love how you bring it back to, you know, taking action and, and bringing it into your own hands, just like we would the business. And it's funny because so many people think about their, we work so hard to make our money, but we don't work nearly as hard to keep yep. our money. And that's, what's um, super interesting about your whole process. So. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's really thinking about managing your wealth, like you manage your business. And if you, if you take that same approach, like you're the fund manager of this, you know, pot of money, no matter how bigger, you know, small it is, and you, you still have control and you can make these decisions. And, you know, the, the two principles that I always look at is number one, now keep it simple, right? Only investing in things that you understand and your, your definition of, of simple will, will grow and change. You know, at first it, it may be, I'm only going to invest. I don't know. Maybe it's, syndications where I'm going to buy single family homes myself Mm -hmm. because that's what you understand. And then eventually you learn multifamily, then you learn about syndications and you might learn about Bitcoin and then you might learn about other cryptocurrencies. And anyway, your your definition will grow, but I think it's, it's not smart to invest in things that you don't understand just because you think that's the trend and, and really, really comprehending it and and understanding the risk profile. Cause you know, all alternative investing, you know, which is kind of what we're talking about here you know, there's a degree of risk. And I think really understanding the amount of risk, worst case scenarios, and, and the, the better you understand it, the, the better I think you'll, you'll have comfort in, in placing your money and, and making those decisions. Mm-hmm. Well, and if you think about it just from a, you know, you're entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial, you're a visionary, but I've, I've often looked at this and the most risky place, you know, the whole reason why I started my first business was because I was out of town. I was, you know, missing my wife's pregnancy with our third kid. I was away from my two young boys. To me, that's risk. Like having somebody control my life and not having freedom in my world is super risky. But I think a Mm. lot of people think that, you know, starting a business is risky. And then even further than that, like investing in alternative assets and, you know, alternative, uh, like you said, real estate and different things is risky. But the reality, like when you look at the traditional road, that's pretty risky. Um, Yep. 
I lose your job at any moment. I mean, if you're somebody else's employee, right. The you get fired, terminated, you can get the the business could go under. I mean, you could have COVID shutdown. I mean, there's all these other ways that if you're totally relying on one source of income or, or one person, I mean, it's a huge amount of risk versus the diversification. Like you have these building blocks and you've got multiple streams of income or multiple roots in your tree, however you want to visualize it, that, that you stay strong. And I think, um, I think that's key. And, and then it's power of compounding, right? That, that it's like the, the eighth wonder of the world. Right. And that I think as, as much money as you can put back into your system and, and let it churn out more. I mean, that, that's really where the real, I think wealth building happens. Yeah. And the reason why people think it's risky is because they're uneducated or they haven't like even your active approach to wealth building. They don't have a game plan. You know, they're not focused on the cash flow, the goals and tracking, the diversification. I love it. You know, and a set, uh, building the team, taking action, leverage, all, all of the above. It's, it's so genius. So what does freedom mean to you? Now, I think, you know, I go back to, to kind of Tony Robbins, you know, he's got the, the six or so, but time freedom, I think is a big one to, to decide, you know, how I'm going to spend my time every single day. And that's the one you just spoke to being, being there on someone, someone else controlling your time for me is, is the biggest one. Um, you know, there's geographical freedom, right. Being willing to, to travel anywhere you want. I mean, I have young kids, they're in school. Like we're not, we're not globe hopping right now, anyhow. So for me, that's not a big one, but, um, and then, you know, money freedom, having the, having the choice to, to, to not feel like I'm living within a certain restraint Mm. and, um, to be able to provide my, my family, anything that, that they want in their life. And, um, you know, just making, making their dreams kind of come true, I think is, is, you know, what it's really all about. Yeah. So good, man. Well, I appreciate you, um, you know, taking time and just sharing your wisdom and experience. And, and I especially love, like I said, the active approach to wealth building. It's, it's eye opening. So, um, where, if people want to get in touch with you, where's the best way for people to find you? Um, sure. So a couple of different things. I have a podcast business with beers I'm on Apple and Spotify, all the major ones. So you could just search for that or my website, brianbeers.com. I've got a link to the podcast and, um, my contacts there. And I have a calendar link. If anybody wants to book a 30 minute call with me to, to chat more, um, I'd be happy to. So sweet. Yeah. Love it. Well, I want to be uh, respectful of your time. I know we're up against an hour here, but any, uh, any last words you want to share with the audience? Um, oh yeah. Finally, I guess on my website too, I do have a free net worth tracking Excel sheet. Uh, they can go ahead and download that. I think that's the the key is to start just a pulling everything together and, and setting some goals. And so I've, uh, I've created a sheet and I, you know, sh- share out this template that someone's uh, welcome to, to download and spryambeers.com. They can, they can find the link there, but, um, that's, that's all I got. You know, that's super cool of you to offer that. And I think that's where we go wrong sometimes is, you know, everybody tracks their income and expenses, but nobody's really tracking against, you know, are we really making progress here? Because half the time it doesn't really matter what we make, we're going to spend it. And so what are we really actually keeping and investing and increasing that net worth? So I'm excited yeah. to look at that. I think that, um, I forget what the, there's a name for it, but it's that expansion, right? Where is your income grows, your expenses grow. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, you're like percentage of savings is no different than it was. Mm-hmm. You're just lifestyle expand. Uh, and so I think that's, when we, when we look at like the, the power of compounding, like as much money as you can siphon off and put into these investments. I mean, that, that's really how you grow. And so that's, that's the approach. We always try and take it. We, we, we just try to immediately have a place, have it earmarked and, and let it go to work. So very good. And with okay. that, I appreciate all of your time and knowledge and wisdom. So, um, check out, uh, what was the podcast? Uh, Business with Beers. Business with Beers. I love it.
Awesome. All right, cool. Thanks for having me, Mike. Thank you. Appreciate it. If you found value in this episode and you know someone who's wanting to start or move further along in their journey toward investing for freedom, I would be forever grateful if you would share this show with them and help me get this message out to more listeners. Also, if you enjoy what you've heard, I would appreciate it if you'd take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. And until the next episode, cheers to moving further along in your journey of investing for freedom.